Corruption, power, and greed, three words that throughout history have been associated with governments and the politicians that run them. Whether power attracts those to be corrupted or those who are corrupt are attracted by power is an argument that's been and continues to be discussed by philosophers and political scientists throughout our time. But what is irrefutable is the destruction caused, whether it's the Spartan treatment of the helots, slavery in the U.S., to the rise of totalitarianism in the 20th century. It is clear that we have not seen the last of oppression. But what is also clear is that quality journalism has worked to bring light to the horrors of these regimes and push for freedom and democratization. This is the goal I will try to achieve on this podcast. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea, commonly known as North Korea, is a small country of 46,540 squared miles. Yet for such a small country, so much atrocity is committed. Since Kim Il-sung took power in 1948, which he held until his death, the nation has been under a communist totalitarian dictatorship where Il-sung's grandson, Jun Un, holds supreme power. You may be confused as to how the nation could be called the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Well, elections are actually held in the nation every four years, but less elections, but rather phony and pointless mandatory ballot castings to secure the legitimacy of the state and count defectors. They will even sink as low as to hiring fake competition for the supreme leader. For these elections, voting is compulsory and it is strongly enforced with harsh prison sentences. This gives it the highest voting turnout in the world with 99.7% according to The Independent, about 4.7% higher than the second highest, Malta, often cited as having the highest turnout of any democratic country. If fake elections are bad, guess what happens if you do in fact vote against Kim? You will be tried with treason and sent to a prison camp along with three generations of your family. If you know anything about North Korean work camps, they bear a strong resemblance to Nazi concentration camps. Defector Hayu Kim spent time in one of these camps for homelessness, which is a crime in North Korea. He describes the treatment to NBC News as like an animal. Furthermore, he spoke of deadly beatings, hunger, public executions, cram cells, and harsh working conditions. All of this for not voting or voting against a civil leader is unacceptable in the modern world. But the horrors of the hermit state don't end there. Liberties are heavily restricted. Freedom of the world gives North Korea a not-free status with a freedom ranking of 7, which is the worst possible score, and scores it a 3 out of 100, compared to the U.S., which holds a freedom ranking of 1.5 and scores a 86 out of 100. Of these rights violations, they include heavy restrictions on freedom of speech, expression, religion, and protest. Moreover, leaving the country is a crime, often punished by death. The internet and television is non-existent except for government propaganda, and driving is a privilege only for the elite. Poverty is also widespread, with 10 out of the total 25 million people in North Korea are undernourished, and 17.5 million are relying on the government's food aid. Despite this, about one-fourth of the country's $40 billion GDP is put towards nuclear development, according to the Borgen Report. Un lets his people starve, just so that he can show the world the strength of the glorious government while his people rot. This is all widely regarded as factual despite reports being hard to come by because of the secretness of the country. The only primary information comes from defectors and officials in the government. Even the leader's own family members aren't safe. His uncle, Jang Song Thiak, was a top official until he was executed after he was found guilty of treason by a specialized military tribunal. The half-brother of Un, Kim Jong Nam, been poisoned by being sprayed in the face in a Malaysian airport on February 13th of 2017. NPR reports that while who orchestrated the attack is still unknown, the U.S. State Department 
determined that it was a planned attack by the DPRK and that the weapon nerve agent VX violates international laws of weapon of mass destruction. While the U.S. government has a clear bias against the North Korean state, it is just as clear as to why Un would have benefited from his brother's death. Nam is the older brother of Un and was originally slated to be the supreme leader after the death of his father, Kim Jong-il, but embarrassed his father in North Korea in general when he was caught trying to sneak into enemy Japan with a fake Dominican passport to visit Tokyo Disneyland. This led to a falling out between the father and son, and Un was given the title of heir apparent. Interestingly, Un apparently has a close relationship with his sister, Yo Jung, having given her advisory and other high-ranking positions in the DPRK government. She has been even named North Korea's princess, but reports dating back to April of this year suggest a possible falling out between her and her brother. There are countless other infringes on the natural rights of citizens in North Korea by their government, but one must look at the solution, which I honestly am not qualified to give. The country has the perfect totalitarian society of near complete control over a population too scared and malnourished to give any sort of resistance. Any resistors that are found are struck down before they can spread their toxic ideologies of freedom, democratization, meritocracy, and other values often taken for granted in the West. After all, how do you liberalize a region where the very people who would lose the most from reforms are the only individuals who are even capable at making attempts to pass them? There is no denying that the imbalance of power between the state and the governed has led to the abomination that are the governments like North Korea. The question for many in the liberalized West is how do we prevent this in our own countries? How do we prevent our governments from becoming just as tyrannical as those in North Korea, China, and even to an extent Russia? Especially in the United States, we put way too much faith in a piece of paper, a piece of paper that the government has changed for better or worse to suit its needs so many times. Often this is done in the name of safety and security. For example, the controversial Patriot Act that was enacted by the Bush administration in the wake of the infamous 9-11 terrorist attacks, the original target was the now-destroyed terrorist group Al-Qaeda and later ISIS. But these groups are falling and losing territory by the day, yet the act still remains. As a matter of fact, parts of the act that expired were reintroduced in the USA Freedom Act as recently as 2019. These acts allow the government to surveil and record citizens' phone conversations, web history, and electronic devices without a warrant or the individual's knowledge or consent. All this in the name of countering terrorist organizations that are dying or already dead. So who is this actually protecting and what is the purpose of these bills? As their stated purpose is becoming less and less an issue, this clearly violates the Fourth Amendment, which prohibits search and seizure without permission, probable cause, or warrant. Why is no one angry? Why didn't the Supreme Court stop this overreach? Americans go to bed at night so proud of their freedoms, but do so little when those very freedoms are being stripped away. Many will bring up how this only applies to suspected terrorists, but who determines if a person is suspect and how do they do this without profiling or surveilling that individual? Snowden found out the answer to this as they record and spy on everyone. Guess who else spies on their citizens without their knowledge? I'll give you a hint. His last name is Kim. What's ironic about these bills is that they're named patriot, as in a person who fights against oppressive government, and freedom, as in the very thing these bills restrict and forfeit. They are literally justifying their tyranny as a way to secure freedom. Orwell would be turning in his grave. As more and more of our lives are spent on electronics, you have to imagine the information on every single citizen they have, enough to blackmail all but the most obedient of citizens. What stops a tyrannical government isn't a piece of paper, because a military power like the U.S. could go right through it. It's citizenry that's willing to fight for every single freedom they have. 
The piece of paper is merely a rallying cry to unite those true patriots, and it is this that truly keeps the government in check. Sadly, I doubt Americans are willing to do this and are too complacent and obedient to their government overlords. Like livestock to a slaughterhouse, we will follow these leaders blindly without even questioning their motives. According to the New York Post, the amount of voting Americans who do not even know who's on the ballot is roughly a third. And that's just who admitted it. Furthermore, according to Reuters, 34% of Republicans and 33% of voting Democrats had no clue who they were voting for. That means a third of everyone who voted in the past congressional election had no knowledge of the candidate of their choice and just voted on whether they were red or blue. These figures are appalling, to say the least. The North Korean government is a warning to all of utopian totalitarian ideologies such as fascism and, in this case, communism, and how these ideologies will lead to truly horrific Orwellian societies where the benefit of the few is put before the good of the general people. But to act as if this could never happen in the U.S. or another democratic nation is a fantasy. It is the job of the people to secure the freedoms we hold with such pride, and when we forget this basic fact is when the government will forget as well.